0: Welcome to The City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go through the minds of people living in New York City. Being that I live in the city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's get ready to dive into these confessions with people I know and people that I've never met. Hi guys, welcome to the next episode of the City Confessions. Today I'm super excited because I have Julia Moreno. She is Paraguay's first Winter Olympian, and I've never had an athlete on my podcast before, so this is the first. So, thank you so much for being on here and welcoming me to your West Village apartment. <laughs> Thanks so much, Marianne, for having me. I'm super stoked to be on City Confessions, and another shout out to Annabelle
1: <laughs> for shout connecting to us. The legend, Annabelle. I know. Love you.
0: <laughs> okay, so. I want to start off by having you tell your story and your background and just tell me about what is your relationship with New York City and just have the audience get to know you a little better.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'll first start off with a little bit of just like my overall background. I was born in Bahia Negra, Paraguay, which is in the Northern part of the country. It borders like very close to Brazil. It's super hot climate. And I was adopted when I was eight months old and grew up in Winchester, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. I began skiing at the age of two up in New Hampshire. And then I started competing around like middle school time. And then from there, I really recognized like my talents were at the like at the level of being able to compete at the Olympics. And during high school, I transitioned to Holderness School to be able to have a modified schedule during the winter to accommodate my training schedule and competing and traveling because that's when I entered the World Cup tour
0: okay wait I need to like we need a backtrack (laughs) yeah let's rewind tell me about did you always like how did you even get into it like were you always an athlete like how you know yeah definitely so
1: skiing like it was more of my family just like went up for a trip when I was really young and I remember always loving the sport from a young age and during like elementary school I wanted to be skiing as much as possible and I convinced my parents actually to purchase a condo up at Loon so I could be a part of the seasonal program every weekend. So every weekend from around Thanksgiving to Easter, my family would travel from Boston up to Loon Mountain in New Hampshire and I would ski on Saturday and Sunday training um, all day long and then we would drive back Sunday night. So my parents sacrificed so much
0: of their normal lives for me to be on the snow and that's really how this all took off so did you like have a moment and you were like you know what like this is what i want to do this is my like my dream my my love like or did you just like yes definitely i'm
1: just having to think for a second because there's a
0: few of those like what was the first time when you were like wow like i am so in love with this sport and this is my life and i want to be able to like make it to the olympics
1: yeah absolutely so i think that that moment for me where it really clicked what was possible athletic-wise was during, oh, what year was it? I'm not sure the year, but when I was 14, I competed in my first national championships out in North Star, California. And being so young in an open field, I didn't have any expectations, was just honored to be even invited to the event at that point. And I think kind of carrying that energy into the event, didn't have any nerves that every Mm -hmm. other competitor did and my first run was average like subpar like I landed it nothing crazy like a C if it was like a grade letter Mm -hmm. and my coach at the time Morgan Alfred took me to the private half pipe because at this point I was just competing in half pipe and he was like I really want you to try this new trick and so you know I tried the trick because I'm young and don't don't say no <laughs> at that point and didn't think much of this and we did a few of them and I was shocked like how fluid it was coming and it felt supernatural so we went back like to the course for my second run a few hours later and I'm about to drop into the half pipe for my second run and he's like you're gonna put the alley-oop oh into my your God. into your run and i like Morgan what like I've never done it in competition I just did it for the first time a few hours ago and he's like I know you got this and you have like a window of period before you drop so it was just time to go and that run was the best run I think I had performed at that time in my career and I remember just being in complete shock and awe of landing that kind of run and was just couldn't even focus on like the scores I was it was more just like a personal moment of Doing something like executing something really challenging in That's a really so high last minute. Yeah, in a That's high pressure crazy. environment. And all of a sudden I saw him ski down to the end of the half pipe and he was crying and like hugged me and he was like nobody's gonna beat that score today and he was right and I won a national championship when I was 14.
0: Amazing oh my
1: god what was was that
0: feeling and did did you soak it in or did it take you a while for you to like realize what you had just done?
1: Yeah I don't think I got it at all
0: and um
1: you know I was still in middle school at that point so um, I mean, I didn't well, understand. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think I really fully comprehended in that moment what was to come, kind of in the next season, because that next season was my true breakout year. I, it was a really special moment because um, my coaches, like at that point, were like pushing me to like keep going and to spend as much time and get rid of like going to traditional school and like really be able to focus on skiing more and more because they thought that I had this talent, but my parents really instilled academics and wanted me to, you know, have a nice combination Mm -hmm. of both. But um, yeah, it was a really, really special moment. And that I think was when it really clicked in my head that I had potential to beat girls that were competing for years above me and I was on the podium with two people that I looked up to in the sport Mm -hmm. so a really special uh, event and that nationals like I have that clear memory I think forever with me so that's where I think it really started and then that next season I then went back to the same nationals the next year and I competed in three disciplines and got a first, a second, and a third in that nationals. And that's like when things really started to take off because I felt way more pressure coming back as the champion. Like you're invited right. automatically back. You don't even have to qualify. So I felt like a lot of weight on my shoulders that that like going into that event, but again, my expectations were completely blown. That was my first season competing in those other two disciplines for the first time and to take medals in that was an absolute honor. And it was such a transitional season in the sense that it was my first time as a sponsored athlete and being aware of everything that comes with that at such a young age is really important. And thank God for like my dad who was able to kind of manage that portion of my career at that time. And for me, that nationals also holds a very heavy spot in my heart because that was the last nationals that my dad saw me compete in and unfortunately um a little over a month and a half after that he suffered a heart attack and passed away and I was kind of at this crossroads again with my career because I was at such a high and then it was an unexpected death and it just had such an impact on my family and he was so impactful on my career that I really had a like kind of like What the hell, like, Mm -hmm. do I do now? Moment because he was not involved as, like, you know, the dad that's like the coach. He was involved as, like, a support system and a networker and fearless entrepreneur and just saw the bigger vision with me being involved in the world of skiing and being marketed as an athlete and using different connectable attributes of myself to connect with more people and use my story of being adopted um, to leverage different deals and to get in the right to get in the right brand space at a young age so that um was a really challenging time so that two years is where like was so high and
0: then it also came down so low I'm so sorry to hear that um but thank you for sharing so with obviously going through that and then with the pressure of just being an athlete and all that like how did you I don't know how to I mean, I don't know wanna say like balance, but like how did you even still find the momentum to keep going? Because did you actually take a moment to maybe like for your own time to like? Yeah. That?
1: that so that summer I didn't go. So usually in the summer I would train out at Mount Hood in Oregon and then go down to either Australia or Argentina for some competitions that start the World Cup calendar. Um, that summer I didn't ski. I was completely shattered it was the most difficult summer of my life and I was also 15 years old and like kind of a bitch you know like you're so young and you can't even process and you can't put I couldn't put my mom in the like headspace of being like a human with like needs and like now being an adult I think about you know how in God's name did she ever balance having two 15 year old kids at that time and running her own business and grieving the loss of her soulmate. So it was just a really rough time for everybody at that, um, at that point. And what really opened my eyes to getting back into athletics was I started, this was, so I was also at a development age where you kind of start training in the gym more, like being physically overall strong becomes more of a player as you develop and mm-hmm. grow and age in the sport. And I started training at Athletic Evolution with Eric Kalionitis, who not only became a trainer like a trainer and a mentor to me, but a best friend and almost like a fatherly figure. And he completely took me under his wing. There were days where I would cry during the sessions, like just being so upset, like, cause it was such a roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. Like one day I'd feel okay and the next I wouldn't. And so supportive. We would be training so many hours of the day that we really got to build this unique bond. And he's someone who's been a part of my athletic career from then up until now. And I have so much respect and I can't imagine going through that period of trying to get back on track from a physical standpoint without his guidance and unconditional
0: support that's amazing i think it's so important to have like a a really strong support system especially as an athlete because i feel like we don't see any of that like i'm by no means an athlete (laughs) but i love watching like (laughs) the olympics yeah definitely you don't know how much like shit they go through yeah no and i think that's
1: an awesome comment just with the world of olympics in general like it's this heightened event that's focused for like two weeks every four years and the stories of all the athletes in all different sports are so interesting mm-hmm. and there's so many experiences that are universal that one another go through and when you're at the olympic games and are kind of in this niche little environment where there's like a real sense of community and you all kind of have this mutual respect of you all know exactly what right. it took to be in mm-hmm. at that, that this moment and that that was something to me like at the olympics that was so eye-opening that all of us really are just normal human beings yeah. too. And we get this kind of rep that we're superhuman and don't yeah. have feelings and can block everything out. But everybody in the Olympic space has a huge support system and it's great to see how it works for like, you know, team sports compared to individual sports. But I think being in, in an in a individual sport that you really do need the support system because You're not going to win every single day Mm -hmm. and when you lose you really need the right people to turn on and you need their encouragement and positivity to bring you back up and you're in it together and in an individual sport you also have such a team of people working like for you and around you Mm -hmm. because you need it with you know training like on snow off snow physio mental coach like all these different roles and you all become this little kind of family which is nice yeah
0: so tell me about how did you come to New York? Like what? So yeah. yeah, no, um so I came to New York in the summer of 2015. I
1: just graduated from CU Boulder and that last like year from sochi I had taken off to finish up school. So it was actually my first year of school going fall and spring semester. I usually would go to school in the fall, take off the spring, live in Park City and then Go to school from may through august and just kind of go like up to the winter and mm-hmm. that that um schedule allowed me to graduate in four years which was awesome and new york worked really well for me in regards to traveling and competing still on the world cup tour because i was also at a place after sochi where i was really discouraged with my skiing at the olympics like i needed to take some time away from the sport it was the first event i hadn't um, landed a run in, it was, I was very quiet about an injury that I suffered in October right before the games, and I was already qualified for the game, so I didn't have to do those qualifiers, and I did a few of them just to get, like, in the right headspace, but I completely shattered my collarbone. And Sasfe on the last day of probably the best training camp
0: I was ever having. Wait. And not to interrupt you, but when you have an injury, are you supposed to disclose that? Um I mean <laughs> it's like everybody can like do what they want with it. I just didn't
1: want it to be the forefront of interview questions at Sochi, okay, got so it, got I was it. like pretty particular with who I told about got it, it. Um because I knew that like once they know you have an injury 100%. it's like how are you feeling how are you yeah, feeling know, yeah, yeah. you don't want to be hearing that right. you already are feeling hesitant and not physically 100 mm-hmm. percent. so i was very quiet about it and then from that, like so from that moment of like shattering it and then getting back on snow like i realized that like this was going to be really hard for me to go into this feeling mentally prepared and that's where i really really struggled with um competing in Sochi and that training camp in Saas was the best of my life and like we were having such a great morning and the snow just changed drastically overnight and in midair I see the landing of the jump and I'm like oh fuck like this is gonna be really bad like you know save your legs like save your legs like if you if you fall on your legs you're out of the Olympics so i was really like tried to be as loose as possible in the air and I just hit the ground so hard and I felt my whole like chest just like explode Uh... five minutes later I see a helicopter coming in and I'm like there's no way like come on like I can definitely get on like the t-bar and they're like no like because of your arm like you can't hold on to the t-bar and I'm like seriously so then I'm in this crazy moment where It's like the most beautiful helicopter ride like through the Swiss Alps, but I'm like crying because I'm like I know something seriously wrong and then about half an hour later like I'm heading into surgery So it was just really tough because it was like the best training camp and then that season the Like the last season before the olympic year I got second at the world cup super final So I was ranked like in the points list at a very high like medal contender spot. So I was just devastated at that point, but like so grateful that it was just a collarbone because they're able to put plates in and you can heal at a pretty quick rate, but it really did affect a lot of things in Sochi and then when people, when reporters and the news is noticing that I'm not practicing, like they're picking up on what's going on and so the word got out. So it was managing um, the pressure that I felt internally with that and then I felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders because of being the first olympian for paraguay from like where i'm from like i really wanted to perform and show them how much i put into that but um at the end of the day i really do believe like the olympics is just another ski event and the takeaways and the two moments that really like warm my heart are not actually from the competition right. they're from all the other experiences that you don't have at any other sporting event like mm-hmm. that at that level
0: so yeah, so let's talk about New York more. Yeah, definitely. I just want you to tell me what is your favorite thing about the city? Because I know you're obviously well-traveled and like a, such a big part of your life has been dedicated to training.
1: Yeah, But definitely. now
0: you're kind of exploring the city. So what is your favorite part? What is your least favorite part? Just tell me about your relationship with New York right now. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, So I think my favorite part about New York is the energy. It's so highly motivating and everybody is really in their own lane here. And I believe incredibly confident in who they are and I feel like in a lot of other major cities and especially like internationally there's like fear of being who you are and here anybody can be doing anything at any time and it doesn't phase me yeah it's like whatever Yeah, New York (laughs) totally and just the ambition um and like the mesh of cultures and diversity is something that I think is so unique and something that I connect with like with being Paraguayan and I also just love that there's always something to do here like I will be going on I think it's yeah year five next year and there's so many things in the city that I still haven't got to do and like, I mean I'm a native yeah, and there's, yeah, so, yeah there's so many there's things still going on I haven't done. yeah so that and then i'm a pretty big foodie so all the food <gasps> me, is We yeah. should go exploring first of all yeah that's
0: like this your address but <laughs> you live in the west village there's so many beautiful cafes here oh my god the best cafes. we should yeah definitely. we should explore After,
1: yeah, yes yes love
0: that <laughs> okay so i want to transition a little more i don't want to say serious no because th- because of what you were telling me obviously it's still serious for sure but i always ask my guests like what keeps them up at night obviously figuratively um and it's always because like i mentioned previously before we record it there's so many people that we pass every single day and like everybody has stuff they're going through that you don't even realize so i just want to have this moment and give you this platform to to talk about like maybe your current concerns or struggles and you know let's dive in let's dive into those so I'd say what keeps me up at
1: night is usually a big crew of my best friends down on Orchard Street in the Lower East Side I'm from the Lower East Side <laughs> yeah no I'm just kidding um I mean yeah I, I athletes like get this rep that they don't go out but everybody does so that's definitely one thing that keeps me up but wait do you on go a, on the weekend on the weekdays I mean occasionally no, okay. yeah. <laughs> Um, But no, on a serious note, I think what's keeping me up right now is the question of what's next. I think that I've accomplished a lot at a young age and I do feel this pressure to kind of keep delivering and pushing the bar with what I want to accomplish and be involved in. And then I also think like working independently allows you to constantly be picking at what you're doing because it just feels like to me, like a pure reflection of myself. And I want what I put out there to be really high quality and to be like, I want to be proud of what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So I think with working independently, and on some of the projects that have been occurring in the past six months, I have felt a bit of stress with that with it. Um, But it does kind of relate back to the Olympic thing being like a one person team. So I definitely think that I'm able to use some of the tactics that I did mm-hmm. in the athletic space over into more of like the business space. But yeah, I think right now it's the the big one is what's next and just that like everything that I do is
0: it's like it's a reflection of myself right so what is the one I guess like biggest misconception you think people have of you that I am just a skier and an influencer on
1: Instagram and that everything is handed to athletes in the Olympic space on like a gold platter because it just doesn't work like that anymore. And I always was involved in like a myriad of different things growing up, you know, through middle school, like I didn't just ski, I played soccer and lacrosse through high school. I went a very different route with education, with going through high school, going to college, a lot of Olympic athletes in the ski space don't do that. So I feel like I always identified as more as a skier. I think that it's easy to label athletes as one thing and that they all go after the same kind of, you know, sponsorships, promotion, like deals, promotions, but I wanted to break away from that and do something different. And that's where I started using, you know, just different campaign ideas that I would create myself to see like what connected with people outside of skiing, whether that's like sharing my workout playlist or doing an exercise that's like easy at home for somebody Mm -hmm. to also pick up on because not everybody relates to skiing or cares about skiing so um i think just being labeled as more than an athlete is something that is a big misconception of who i am and what i care about being involved in
0: i'm curious to know also what is your morning routine like (laughs) what day of the week so it changes every single day.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah, I would say. <laughs> do you, I don't know, just...
0: With, um. Well, I
1: love waking up early and mm-hmm. I love getting a lot of things done when people are still asleep. I think it's when I get, like, a lot what of my emails done. <laughs> I mean, today I woke up at 4.45. So what? I, I like like to have a minute and I really do enjoy, like, going outside in the city at that time because it's so quiet. Mm-hmm. And um just to, like, clear my head, like, wake up a little bit grab a coffee kind of thing but um if i'm if i'm training like i'll usually i like to train early in the morning it's like when i feel physically the best so i'll go down to soho and do that come back like make a breakfast go to a workspace work from like my apartment here Mm -hmm. sometimes it really depends on the day i feel like a typical day i have like three or four meetings or coffees with people and right now i'm just using new york and like the awesome like I don't know like the correct word uh yeah, like opportunity like the opportunity like yeah. just like there's so many people here with yeah. such interesting stories and things to connect about and that's what I've really been doing the last year is just networking as much as possible and figuring out kind of what's next for myself but yeah I definitely like to get up early and I also do like to stay up late so um <laughs> kind of a harsh so you combo sleep? <laughs> yeah I do sleep and I, and then but then I'll go into these like things where I'll I'll need, like, a a really late sleep in because it's just, like, Monday through Friday. It's really go, 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 go for me. But, again, like, being, working independently, you do have that flexibility Mm -hmm. to, like, shut the alarm off and sleep in. And so I think, like, managing energy and, like, input and output is something I'm also working on now because with doing your own thing, kind of like I said before, like, you have to take breaks and space away from it because especially with having digital presence like it can just like consume you and having kind of like a digital detox is
0: nice every now and then i try to do that on the weekends as much as possible like sundays i'm like barely on social yeah that's i don't have the energy to do that no yeah no like people
1: and people think it's like so easy but it like really takes a lot of effort and totally if you're trying to grow and get the kind of partnerships that are you know big brands and big time like it takes like a lot of relationship building and showing how you're unique for
0: sure so wait you obviously work independently but do you have do you have a team yeah so i work with like a few people right now i'm signed
1: with the complete set agency and working with tanner simpkins kind of on Um, media opportunities and raising my digital presence and events like more on that side of things. Um, I'm also working with uh, Connor Riley, who's a photographer and honestly, like a really close friend at this point, who helps uh, do videography and photography for me. So we worked on a few projects in Asia last month. And we've been working together now for I think almost like like yeah three like almost three years we've known known each other and he's super awesome so fun to work with um and with him being based in the city we're able to get a lot done here on the content side of things so yeah that's who like those two are like who I'm working with and then my friend Tara Kirkpatrick is actually developing her own business so we have been just spending a lot of time together encouraging each other with what we're each trying to do because it's very different but I think again there's some just mutual feelings and you know they kind of I don't want to say fear but just like the anxiety of like launching your own thing Mm -hmm. so she's been helpful and I'm really excited to hear about her launch this summer you guys should definitely keep an eye out for that also another person that I'm working with right now is Kat McMillan she's a travel blogger out in Vietnam and we have known each other since we were I think we were 14 as well. We met at ski and snowboard camp and really funny story. She actually, we met at camp and we're like, if we go to the same college, like we should be roommates. And we would like get on Skype and like I chat at this time, like stone age. And (laughs) she, we, we both ended up actually applying to Boulder and we both got in and we were like, let's be roommates. And so we did it. And yeah, it started at Wendell's. Now we're here. She's blowing up. She's really up to some cool things. And, um, yeah, we're looking to ultimately a big goal. And there's not much tourism in Paraguay, but we're looking to pitch their tourism board. And Yes, I want to um, go. Yes, definitely. We can all do it. <laughs> and it'd be great for us three to do some kind of collab out in yeah. Asia. She's,
0: she's great. So, yeah, she's somebody else who I'm working with right now. That's so amazing. So you seem like a really busy person, obviously. <laughs> and like New yeah. York, there's a million people here. Do you ever feel like lonely? Um, or do you not do you feel like yeah I mean like that in the past few months like I feel
1: like I haven't got to see my friends as much and it's because I feel like I'm so laser focused with what I have going on currently in the next few months and I know what needs to be done from an effort standpoint to accomplish the things that I want to uh, achieve so it has been difficult the past few months and I think when you're growing and transitioning like like going through any life transition like certain relationships and friendships have the ability to change and that's difficult and like a hard pill to swallow but I look at it more on the side that like I'm growing and I know what I'm going after that I want and I need to be a bit better about making more time for friends and that's something that has been challenging and then I've been traveling so much and then it's mm-hmm. like I come back and it, it's not like I really want to go out and go crazy I just want to like sit in and, Reset, get jet yeah. lag and like go take a steam or something yeah. like that so um yeah that's that's a great question and I think something again a lot of individuals who are either in like the blogging athlete space that travel struggle with and then you are with yourself like a majority of mm-hmm. the day as it is but um I do enjoy my, like, alone time, too, especially with, like, being on the road. And Mm -hmm. um, I just focus better, I think, too, when I'm not, like, have constant distractions going on. But everything, like, with balance and moderation,
0: and I I think it's something I'm definitely figuring out right now. Right. So let's transition to the confession component of the podcast, (laughs) which is obviously the last part. Yeah. Um, And again, I want to preface that I don't really know you. I just (laughs) met you, but I think you're super cool. But of course, there's no pressure to share anything that you're not comfortable with. Um, this is just a you know a little fun way to get people to kind of, I don't know, just share like a confession. It can be serious or not. It's whatever you want.
1: Yeah. My confession is that being labeled just as skier is something that uh, honestly irks me pretty much because I think when you look at everything that. I've put out there from like a content standpoint, from a partnership standpoint, from being a sponsored athlete and going after different different companies that have nothing to do with skiing was something really challenging and took a lot of like guts to send those emails because I knew how drastically different it is from like the emails that they're usually receiving, whether it's like bloggers or just traditional influencers. So I think for me, like that I like something that does really like stem at me is that that I'm always going to be known as Julia Marino the skier I know skiing will forever be an association with me and I will continue to be involved in skiing and look forward for those opportunities because it it is one of my passions but I have other passions and that's something I really want people to understand yeah and it's challenging when doing certain like media interviews or podcasts where the focus is 15 ski questions because that's that happened yes that's those are all real things that occurred and I'm so grateful for all of those opportunities but there's other things that I want to be involved in that I'm working on that I'm equally if not more passionate about right now and I think getting my audience kind of in line and using you know correct like brand messaging to get those
0: points across is Something I'm working on right now. No, that's amazing, and I think it must be hard to be like feel so restricted. Yeah, as something, especially because skiing. I don't want to say got you the recognition, but it kind of it did. does. Yeah, no. so of course people are like, "Oh, she's a skier." Ski- you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally. And at least for me, like I don't know that much about skiing, so maybe that's why like yeah. my <laughs> podcast questions are more generalized. <laughs> no, I love, but <laughs> it's great to know you as a person. Yeah, not as a that's, skier yes exactly like i am a 27 year old <laughs> living in are you 92? New York. Yeah, 92 yeah me too when's your birthday january are you a capricorn no no Aquarius. oh nice Yeah. i'm, what, an, what's a- your I'm an aries oh, okay yeah. that's how we get along <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing um okay so i just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for a moment okay um it's crazy how we just met maybe an hour ago yeah and you invited me to your apartment and i think just being in New York, it there is a beauty in that that you do find people who are willing to just you know say yes, but there are obviously people who are like no, I'm not you know what yeah, I mean. Like yeah. They're not down for that. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, yeah, of to meet with me, especially since you've been up since like four forty five. But you still have the energy. <laughs> So and I admire you. Like I think you're so interesting. I know we were talking before this. We're definitely gonna have to collaborate because I feel like yeah, there's a lot of definitely. magic yeah, no, that can happen really between us. Totally I'm all your energy. <laughs> now.
1: Um I'm excited. I think we could do some really cool yeah, collabs with some of these um ex- partnerships that I have coming up this summer and yeah, the, like what's next is
0: pretty endless and I'm stoked to totally. have been on this and met you. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of New York as well. Like people are too like afraid to reach out and there's actually so much opportunities i know we were talking about this but like if you just go in it with an open mind yeah put yourself out there <laughs> with the best intentions with an open heart open mind you'd be surprised like the amount of people that you can meet and just the interactions you have that can literally change your life I
1: hundred percent agree with that um
0: by a number standpoint for example
1: for Coca-Cola, I don't meet their like athlete requirements, but on Twitter, I wrote this like long DM and was like, I really love like this brand. Yeah. And I think we could do some cool stuff together. And they responded That's right amazing. away. And then, um, I was in contention for a deal for Pyeongchang. And unfortunately, um, that wasn't able to go through cause I didn't compete in Pyeongchang, but just, that was a great example for me of just putting yourself out there and Showing to somebody like why you're passionate can really open up so many doors, and I think a majority of my career and my success has been built on just being com- like being completely in my own lane and knowing in my heart that I'm doing that what I want to do. And when I believe in something, like I really will go after it, and yeah. you know all different ways possible to make it happen. No, that's
0: amazing. I have a girlfriend she better be listening to this right now Rochelle and I feel like I don't know if it's our age right now but don't you feel like when you hit like 27 you're at you get this realization that like oh my god first of all I'm kind of getting old (laughs) yeah and second of all like what what is my purpose in life and it's like you you wake up and you stop living for others and you live for yourself like I've had this moment where I was like whatever doesn't make you happy you need to just like cut that out if there's a job a relationship whatever the case is like you need to kind of just go again like what you said full force with your passion because at this at this point there's nothing to lose
1: absolutely like it's such a weird time i feel like in our lives like am i young or am i old like i'm closer to 30 but a big thing that i know now that like i didn't know back then was that there's always going to be situations that you like don't understand in the moment um but it's how you react and how you you ultimately make a choice of how it's going to go from there and those experiences often teach a lesson and when you're able to grow and learn and kind of reflect back whether it's months or years later and recognize how much you've developed is like when I really think you as a person overall is growing and that's something that for me has like really taken place in the past few years and you're all like I feel like everybody's like you know why is this happening like dwelling on it so so much and like go through it like I'm a very emotional person that's that's actually the confession (laughs) I am an incredibly emotional person like cry at the drop of a hat just like cry up cry on an airplane from having a sip of wine like just very like in tune I think with Mm -hmm. emotion and I think again if you like look at my social or something you're like oh she's this like hard-ass athlete and that's like that's like that's like my style or my like image or Mm -hmm. whatever but like I am emotional and um girl meets (laughs) him. yeah yeah I think like that and then just like another thing like that I've learned through all of it is that like Any like ambitious concept takes a lot of time and there's always going to be setbacks and take the constructive criticism and anybody that's criticizing in a way that you can go to another person and say like this opinion doesn't make sense and get it, you know, kind of fact checked by somebody else, cut that person out and just keep the blinders on and just do what you think makes sense for situations is
0: what I've definitely learned. I love that. So let's just leave. What? Uh, well, two more questions. So one. What is one thing you would like to thank New York City for? Joe's Pizza. <laughs> yes, it's yeah, it's the best pizza. Hundred yeah, percent. And then obviously the last one is what's. What are you up to?
1: Yeah, the what's next for me is really exciting. So right now I am working on creating my own business that will, I wanted to be involved in the content creation world, again, not being labeled as just an influencer. There's certain brands that I know I have the ability to use my athletic background and be a subject for if I'm very passionate about those brands. But I also want to work with brands that I don't want to be the subject with but just create proprietary content kind of going along like with my journeys like that makes sense from a brand standpoint, like I really believe in digital presence. And right now, it's, it's just so hot. And it's so new and um, giving strategy behind for certain like smaller brands is something that I've worked on in like the social space. So for example, like the last month in Asia, I did a huge project with the Ritz Carlton and a proprietary marketing video and then a bunch of stills for their social media And then on top of that I did a traditional influencer deal with them So that's like a situation where i'm kind of doing two at once and i'm also able to collect a bunch of really unique content to put into you know my social media handles so That and then it kind of goes it scales all the way down to the small side of things I I'm working with Jones Bar which is a vegan not a protein bar more kind of like a treat like a KIND bar or an RX bar and I believe in the brand like really hope to work with these guys long time like long term and we did some proprietary content creation for them like traditional product placement in Bali And then after that, we did another kind of like bigger thing again with the Ritz-Carlton in Bali at the Mandapa Reserve. So leveraging my experiences with social media and growing my own platforms and giving that advice and strategy to brands that are looking to grow or enter international marketplaces is something I'm very passionate about. And I have a lot of those skills kind of inherent through being a sponsored athlete. Right. And I do not identify as a photographer videographer I feel like I just work with a really nice handful of people that are in the space and that are also trying to freelance and ambitious and want to go after just you know big big goals and are creatives so it's using that and kind of going that direction with things is what I want to do for my business and then when I was in Bali I unfortunately so on a set we were shooting it was like we were just having these crazy early mornings, and we were up at the rice paddies and we were doing this hike and we had to be up at um three a m to get in the car at three thirty, get in the car for an hour and It was not a challenging hike by any means and um, thank God that this happened. I like stepped in a puddle and I was just in my burks, and I was like, "Oh, I should throw in my my chucks, and I was like still half asleep. It was the week of silence in Bali, so, like, nothing was open in the morning super early, like, I had no coffee, I mean, I was just dying, and then we get to this, like, it's, firstly, like, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, and I'm, like, Connor was, like, kind of, like, scoping out the site, and he's, like, okay, like, this is it, Jules, like, you go first, like, we'll start shooting you, and I didn't see how cautious he was with walking out to this ledge, and I walk on the ledge and I hear it snap and we're about like 20 feet or so like off the ground and I heard him scream like Jules no it uh, like a scary kind of scream like a piercing like terrifying scream and I fell and I knew what was happening in midair so I kind of went into ski survival mode and was like again like don't land on the side that they just repaired the last year um with my with my accidents before Pyeongchang and I hit the ground so hard, like blacked out, had a concussion, um, really eye-opening moment. Like, I, I couldn't distinguish, like, is this a dream? Like, is this actually happening? How am I standing? Like, where are they? Like, where am I kind of thing? But through it and like through my journaling, I've realized that I've suffered all of these really big injuries in my career and I was always able to bounce back. And this one wasn't skiing, but I decided which is something i usually don't do on my story to just kind of write about it because they what they said was like we'd like thought we were going to have to call it air helicopter like it was not a like a very serious fall um we don't know how you're like walking kind of thing so i took to social just kind of saying like and like just having a safe day if, even if it's not the best day is like a good day and i couldn't believe how many write backs i got back to this from like younger girls in the ski world who were like this really resonated with me and one uh girl reached out to me and asked me if I could get on the phone with her and so we started chatting like yeah for sure like I have a concussion like in a few days like let's get on the phone so we started chatting and we just like vibed really well and it really pushed me to this place that I'm gonna also launch a mentorship program for athletes that are going through injury because I look at all the major injuries like the big ones in my career and what i was able to accomplish after them is really impressive like my first acl the following not the following season the one after that i got second in junior olympics then when i broke my collarbone like i made it to the olympics and i feel like i actually first it goes back first i did my hand and then i got a world cup medal and then the collarbone like everything had success after And I engaged in so much like mental training and dealing with that. And I think I have also a network of surgeons, physical therapists, trainers that a lot of people don't. So I can kind of fast track that process for people. So that's something that I'm working on um, as well. And then I'm so excited to announce that I will be with... um, a great group of people down in Argentina this summer in Bariloche and Patagonia area to make my return to snow after 17 months away so I'm finally so feeling exciting. healthy yeah and I'll be doing um the women's ski week there being a face and a guide and a coach so um, it'll be great for the first kind of half of my trip to just get my feet back under me and ski and just enjoy it and not have any pressures of competing yeah. and then do this camp and work with some other really great athletes that will be down there so super excited for that and I'm um, trying to make a trip to Paraguay while I'm down there as well so it'll be great to check in with everybody there and yeah some really exciting stuff look at you <laughs> you
0: are just like you you have so much going on i'm so excited for you <laughs> thank you i feel like this is just the start of something amazing um so again thank you so much of for course. coming sharing your story i'm yeah. sure a lot of people definitely were inspired got something out of it and i can't wait for us to like also yeah, yeah collaborate no um (laughs) i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i'll have julia's information in the description make sure to follow her because i'm sure she just has like a million exciting things going on she obviously inspired me (laughs) and um yeah she just has again so much going on that i can't even like wrap my head around and i'll leave all her social all the um things that she's part of and stay tuned for the next episode bye bye guys